0: Welcome to the Elijah Streams Podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz.
1: Hey, it's good to be back. I'm Steve Schultz, founder along with my wife, Doreen, of both Elijah List and Elijah Streams that you're watching right now. We're in year 26 of bringing you the voice of the prophets. Man, we've been gone for two weeks. Uh, Most of you uh, last saw me and all of a sudden I was having a low blood sugar event, which was a little bit embarrassing because it had never happened before on the air and it hadn't happened for months. And all of a sudden I'm feeling this blood sugar dry, you know, I could just feel it drop and it starts you feeling really weird. And I said, I had to, Johnny, I got to go. I'll be right back. I didn't even say what it was. Drank a bunch of juice and I thought that'll take care of it. And that only lasted, you know, 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes, which I knew better than that that it would only last that long and it started back again so i had to leave but that a lot of you sent your best wishes and prayers and you wanted to know if i was okay cuz i didn't come back the next show but we were that was already going to be my sign off for 2 weeks cuz my wife and i went to, on our 45th uh, wedding anniversary trip we haven't taken a trip together like this for 2 weeks in about 20 years we do a week at a time 10 days at a time we took that trip to israel um, but that was a work Trip for us because we're we're doing the tour. But um, Emily, show that picture of uh, on the gondolas. I think that's what I'm saying right. The gondolas. That's uh, in Venice. We were in Rome for a week ish, and then in Venice for a week. But we almost didn't get back. It was time for us to come back from this trip when all of the flights were getting canceled over the over, over the Fourth of July week pre week pre Fourth, and so we. It was our morning. We were finally going to get out. We, we left Venice, but we wanted to get home. All these, they kept saying thousands of flights are being canceled. So it was 6 in the morning. and We were going to leave in about uh, an hour and a half for the airport. And the text came through where this, I won't say the airline, uh, they said, your flight's been delayed four hours. So we thought, oh, no. And a little while later, a new, another text came and says, your flight's been canceled. Just canceled. That's all they say. So we literally spent, Doreen and I were on the phone. She was the person on the phone and I'm there with her the whole time. Eight hours on the phone, eight hours. And every time you had to dial a new uh, airline, we were with the main airline. And I'll I'll tell you who the hero airline is in a minute. Travelocity was who we booked with, which I'll never do again. Sorry, Travelocity. Uh, And I'll explain why. And then there was another uh, foreign Air, not, not a U.S. airline, but another airline. There were three, two airlines involved and is in the middle, and each one claimed the other, the other guys owned the ticket. So whoever owned the ticket, that's why I'll never use Travelocity again, because Travelocity said the American carrier or the foreign carrier owned it. The foreign carrier said no, the U.S. carrier owned it. The U.S. carrier said no, Travelocity owned it. And finally, eight hours in, Doreen said, This is not my problem. This is your problem. You know, we're not very confronted type people, but she said, Your job is to fix this. This is not my job. And they eventually got us a, the same flight two days later. So we had to uh, wait. We had to ask the hotel, Can we stay two more days? And then, then we had to move rooms in order to make that happen. So two days later, we're on the same flight out. It's six in the morning, and the text comes through that says, your flight is delayed four hours. And I said, that's it. I don't care what it costs. We're going on Delta. Uh, uh, the uh, room service guy was an American, and he had walked in the day, the few days before when we were trying to get this resolved. And he said, I just use Delta and everything, and, and I'm almost problem-free. So I, when he said that in the room, I knew it was a word of the Lord. He didn't know it was, but I did. And so I said, "That's it, during Call Delta. we're getting out of here." So it was panicky because we're two days, very expensive to stay in, in you know Venice and in a foreign country. And then that guy was like an angel from heaven. Every time he would hit a bump and trying to get us out that day, he says, "Well, let me try this." Then says, "Oh no, they're not going to let me do this." He said, "Well, let me try this." And within a few minutes, he had us on a ticket uh, back. So. Yeah, we ended we were supposed to get back on the 30th late and we got back the the 2nd late but that was a panicky feeling um we felt some. I know some of you were praying that even though you didn't know why you were praying you felt a burden to pray for us and uh, that helped get us through but that was that was a harrowing ordeal I never thought I'd want to get out of Venice so bad in my life <laughs> Anyway, that's that. I wanted to thank, uh, to make sure I get the names that I, that I don't forget, Julie and Kelsey and Jeff and Yvonne, each subs for me. Um, I was thinking about them all the time. And when I, if you've noticed that the people that sub for me when I can't be there, these are people who are totally sold out to the Lord. They love God and country. They love Trump. They love our prophets. They they love you. And so you can, I know you can read that from their hearts when they're all each so different from each other. Jeff did a super job uh, interviewing Jim Cavizzo. He just did, you know, he acted like an old pro uh, that interviewed celebrities every day. He just did great. So it was, it was a great interview. I watched that one while I was in um, Venice. So what else do I want to see? Um, oh, and when I was there, Kat, I was in contact with Kat. Kat will have a word for us uh soon she'll she she's sending them these days uh, right now um because she you know she's been on this sabbatical we don't know how long that will be but she's doing better and better all the time um you know she had some health things hit her so she's we, we see her doing better and better so we're going to put some of her words up i almost was hoping i'd have it by today uh tomorrow's guest is robin bullock uh, so this is Wednesday. Robin will be with us Thursday and Friday is uh, praying medic. If I'm getting, I think I got that right. Right. I think it's praying medic. Uh, so that's a, it's a, yeah, that, that's it. Thanks, Paul. So anyway, thanks for um, staying loyal to the show and to me and to us and to the Lord and to the prophets while I was gone. I appreciate that so much. Um, we're going to run a new spot that I haven't seen. So they gave me a copy to read what this is so this you know most of our things have been in uganda but this one's in zimbabwe So this video shows the installation of a new pump in a small community in zimbabwe community members previously had to walk as far as 16 k- kilometers they may say kilometers to get fresh drinking water the new pump provided by elijah's dreams gives instant local access as the pastor shares his gratitude he mentions that all gifts are valuable but the gift of water is life.
2: So let's watch that.
0: Clean water comes to Zimbabwe,
2: Africa. Hi, my name is Dumez Eninjavu. I'm a pastor and a church planter. In 2005, we planted a church at a place called Inyati. And as we were preaching, a witch doctor gave his life to the Lord and that gave birth to the church that we drilled the ball on and this is just something outstanding something that will propel our vision and gospel even further this community as i speak is a different community and will never be the same everyone is talking about it yesterday school children came in numbers to witness the drilling and today we installed the pump we saw the water coming. People are just happy talking about it everywhere. This is something new in this community. They've been traveling like uh, 16 kilometers to get some water, but now it's a matter of uh, opening the tape. we put the tape for the community and the tape for the church that they'll also grow some vegetables there our community now knows the love of the lord i wanna express my gratitude to steve and elijah stream for the support you are giving to our communities all gifts are valuable but water is life thank you so much may the lord continue to resource you amen
0: would you consider giving towards the drilling of water wells? Donate online ElijahStreams dot slash donate. Or mail a check today to Elijah Streams. Five two five Second Avenue Southwest Suite six two nine Albany Oregon nine seven three two one.
1: And I got a smile on my face. I'm watching this and my I'm smiling the whole time. It's just so rewarding to see uh what you our viewers are are donating to make that happen those people's lives are changed you know they call it you might have seen that he called it a borehole they call it borehole in africa we call it a water well so it's all the same thing uh and it looked i did see that that looked like they were going to drill two because one was next to it one for the Uh, agriculture right there and the other one for all the other needs of the community. So you're changing people's lives. You're, you're, you're giving reasons. If I put this way, the Bible even refers to this, I don't know the the specific scripture, but it talks about when you do these things, you, you cause praises to go up to the father. So when you give to Elijah's streams to put in these water wells to support the prophets, yes. And then beyond that, to drill these water wells, and then as a result, praise goes up to the Father. And when praise goes up to the Father, he's like, it's, you know, it's like his hands are untied to do anything and everything that that uh, people are asking in prayer because he's He's receiving their praise and he just lavishes gifts back on there. So everybody wins, you know, <laughs> win, 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 win. So, all right. Well, listen, I think that's everything I had to to say, so let's jump on and let's get uh, Johnny Eno unfiltered. So here we go with that.
0: 1349 hours, declaring it a
3: riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world, you are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening, the awakening is for your children.
1: Johnny, and so good to see your smiling face. I missed you.
3: <laughs> I missed you, Steve. So, so glad that uh, Venice uh, surrendered and gave you up.
1: <laughs> that wasn't, un- I never thought I'd be in a- one of the most, you know, people who who doesn't want to visit Venice, right? And I wanted out of there so bad. Dream and I were so done with Venice. We love Venice. We had a nice hotel and everything, and you know.
3: Yes, you stay the 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 allotted time is perfect, and then when they keep you a couple of days, it's not so good, but (laughs) we're glad to have you back, Steve.
1: Nice to be back. Nice to be back. So, well, listen, we we went a little long on the intro today, so let me have you jump right in now. Uh, Admittedly, as you and I have talked on air, I've missed several of your shows, both for the Israel trip and this one. So if I ask a dumb question that you've answered, I'll just keep my questions to almost nothing today and let you just go for it.
3: No, that'll that'll be fine. So, you know, we had a our this weekend. We began our rise tour. Oh yeah, that was <clears throat> here in Nashville it, out of Franklin, and it was uh, it was a blessing, blessing to see uh, so many of our our friends. We had a luncheon first, and then uh, the night meeting, and so we were able That's to rise tour. <clears throat> yeah, we we're able to launch, and what we've been waiting for is to have our app. Rise app ready to, as a connector for the body of Christ, uh, for those who see themselves as reformers and for something called restore seven TV, we won't do commercial for it here, but it's sort of like kingdom Netflix. We'll have them instead of um, over, you know, topics of comedy or horror or whatever adventure it will be in the seven mountains. And um, this is something our son-in-law, Chris has really been spearheading. And I think there are over 600 Videos on there. We have over thirty uh, uh, contributors. Of they've put together basically like Netflix, a little series of of stories of things they've done, and um, so you can see all that on our Restore Seven stuff. But it was it was great, and I'm bringing that up as well, Steve, because um, in asking the Holy Spirit where I should go today, um, I even had a another word written up. He's like essentially what you shared. Um, Saturday night with uh, the Rise Tour. Um, oh,
1: good. Yeah. Uh,
3: that's what I want you to do here. And so we shared something uh, with slides that make it easier to absorb. And it, it will be uh, putting together many of the things I've been saying, particularly since the beginning of this year, where the Lord said, I really want you to go after what is the correct narrative? What is the correct storyline? We could call it eschatology and... Um, you know, when I say the correct, that can sell, uh, sell sound self-important or whatever, but I'm supposed to uh, share with passion and conviction what he shows me. Then it becomes you, the viewer. Um, it's up to you, your homework before the Lord and the Holy Spirit, and see if that resonates with you. It's been awesome to hear from just so many uh, of the listeners here who have spoken, uh, and it's uh, really what stands out to me is so many who are, even 70 and 80 saying it's finally delivered them from fear that they've been afraid uh, since five years old. I think somebody was saying it hide under the bed. The end times are here. And so all of a sudden fear of the end times is, um, being uh, given a hurting. And so that's, that's only- good. I,
1: I had never heard that expression, but you know, my wife and I, we were raised it to be fearful all our life. They wanted us fearful. That was the point, you know,
3: well- well, and I'll say because there's no name attached to it. Interesting you say that, Steve, because I know your background is Seventh-day Adventist. But right. literally, just three days ago, got a letter from somebody who's, uh, I think she's a 72-year-old former, I don't know if she still is, or or, or former Seventh-day Adventist, Okay, wow. grew up since five years old, hiding under the bed, fearful. So apparently that thing was... A spiritual thing as well you know there's there's the the scriptures you will use to feed the fear
1: well you know and here's here's what happened with us i'll just no, this will take me 30 seconds so i'm a junior in they call it sabbath school everyone else calls it sunday school we were in sabbath school and the teacher came up where i'm t- i'm eight years old and he brings up a trash can he picks up a tra- empty trash can and he puts it in the, the room and says everyone throw your bibles in here now and we're going what. Yep the the Sunday law has been passed. Those that don't not refuse to keep Sabbath are we confiscating your Bibles and you're going to be you know there it was in danger of being put to death for that was and that was when we were little children. That's true story. That's what a lot of people go through stuff like that.
3: And there, there's different versions of that. Yeah. Uh, throughout all kinds of Christianity, uh, till this day, what we would I would consider popular movements even within our stream that basically they have seen some value in scaring the kids. Um, they believe it's preparing them, yeah, to, like prepare to die. And like at no time does it ever uh, become a benefit to t- if, even if it were true, it would be, uh, and this is the part I, I, I hope those who are leaders and those who foment this type of behavior think they are no, For them to be surprised by sudden tribulation and trial would be the worst thing we need to let them know. No, no, no. You're wrong anyway on the narrative, but you're wrong on the idea. It's sort of like I have four daughters. And, you know, if I had trained them since they were little and say, one day you're going to have a child, you're going to get pregnant and then tell them about all the complications and pain uh, of the process of nine months, the nausea. Uh, the stomach uh, extending and and then all the trials and then say, and then when you think it's just bad, then all of a sudden the actual pains of birth. <laughs> oh, and then oh, when man. you think you can't take it anymore, they're going to tell you you're just at level five and level six is coming. And then can you imagine if as a parent, you you figured that the most valuable thing for you was to instruct your daughters, your child on how much pain's going to be in childbirth. No, what you do when you prepare for childbirth is you don't even talk about that. You get a room ready, you buy all the stuff, you you celebrate what gender, if it's male or female, you know, the paint yeah. you, do, you paint, you d- it's joy, joy, joy. And you just like that's just now you just get through that. So yeah, in this world you will have tribulation, not even forget about great tribulation. That was a promise Jesus gave us, gave us, so we have it. But it does not help anyone to go over in a morbid fashion, what that could or could not look like. But unfortunately most, and I don't want to say of you, of you, but some of you leaders out there, the morbid way, you will explain revelation as if it's in the future of the younger generation. It is, it is killing their spirit, killing their hope, no favor at all.
1: So, 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 (laughs) so. You know, God rescued us. And, uh, uh, God rescued us big time because I was a church school teacher for just two years. I left it just because I could. I liked teaching, but you couldn't make any money, so I wanted to raise a family, so I left it. But I was doing that to my own fifth and sixth graders, Johnny. I was putting the same intentional fear, and I was convinced I was doing a service to God. I was scaring the life out of it, and thought God would be pleased with me. Honestly,
3: no, and that's how it's gone, generation. Yeah. From generation to generation what's done to us we pass on and Mm. so that's why there has to be some intentional breaking up of that yeah there's going to be a total of four slides and the first slide is going to be really uh simple and i'm not sure how we're gonna we didn't discuss how we would show the slide and still keep uh talking But hey that's perfect that's
1: That's the right one okay yeah just call for it when you want it i guess huh
3: (laughs) so the kingdom of god what we're going to go over today is the kingdom of God timeline as seen by Daniel uh, from his day until the present. <clears throat> now, some of you are going to be surprised when you hear, what do you mean until the present? Well, that's one of the most uh, amazing things about the most precise prophet of the scriptures as it relates to things of eschatology. And he, he was precise not just for hundreds of years, but he was he was precise And when we understand it correctly, like we're going to today, he's been precise for thousands of years up till today. He saw, you know, all the remaining uh, beast Antichrist kingdoms in order. He saw them and uh, there were four. And he said this this fourth one is the end. And he identified as the end. And there's been a thought, no, the four were up till Jesus. Uh, Even if people buy into that, they'll just say the four were. Uh, up until Jesus and then no more empires or beasts or antichrist systems have been identified. And I I will say no. And again, the proof will be, will be forthcoming. And so it's, and it's good as we're getting into this, just for people to be reminded of the fact that what we might call a victorious kingdom eschatology. So eschatology, for those of you not familiar with the term is study doctrine of the end times. So, a victorious, a positive end times storyline is, uh, it really has been the dominant view, even while it was mixed with end times it is throughout all history. Um, but for the last 2000 years, this has been the dominant view of the church officially through church history um, by, we could name all the the, the big name big names in Christianity who have embraced that in in different ways. I'll just state uh, a a couple. Um, So this is a quote from Jonathan Edwards. The visible kingdom of Satan will be overthrown and the kingdom of God will be set up on the ruins of it everywhere throughout the whole habitable globe. That's good enough that I'm going to say it again, but there are many, other voices such as John Wesley in various ways basically said that himself uh, over and over um, other just random name Charles Spurgeon but a whole bunch of names from the early uh, 100s we'll say 100 200 300 400 mm-hmm. 500 AD but moving all the way up to, up till now and I'll say it one more time because it's essentially what I'm saying and essentially that comes from Daniel that the visible kingdom of satan will be overthrown and the kingdom of God will be set up on the ruins of it everywhere. Now, where will the ruins of Satan's kingdom be? They'll be here on earth and throughout the whole habitable globe. And so that's the perspective that we are presenting. But it's good for people to know, really, until um, 1909, when Cyrus Schofield... Bible uh, came out, um, his reference Bible, and then followed up by the Great Depression. There was kind of back-to-back hits here and there. There was his Bible. There was the Great Depression. There was World War I, World War II. It began to cause a snowballing of negativity uh, to, to come around in the body of Christ, and it was taken advantage of, we'll say, by new teachers and new ideas and extracting the most um uh, we'll say horrific interpretations of scripture and and so what was just a niche um of christianity where just just uh, again a small portion that would believe that we're headed for the worst days all of a sudden it became became basically default eschatology for the body of christ hmm. people need to know that that wasn't the view before and more than that, more than because my point is not even trying to compare um, positions and positions of if it's pre post, whether millennial or preterite or anything else. I, I am trying to bring so much clarity of scripture that, you know, something scripture is not so clear on. But this one, it is very clear. And it's what yeah. I've been addressing over the last few months, uh, these first few months of the year of 2023. But it's so clear that I want at some point, even those who come against it, not to come against it from a position standpoint, I I want to challenge them to come and not who historically believed this or not, because those are right, you know, what the name is, and this is my position, this is your position, and this is what this famous theologian or minister believed or not believed. We're just presenting what Scripture clearly lays out, and then, uh, again, for you, the listener, Just see what resonance the Holy Spirit has within you. Kind of your truth bell goes off. And that has to be kind of the way we get rid of, um, I just call it fake eschatology. Mm. And and it's a damaging fake eschatology because it has us expectant of uh, misery coming uh, in the future and has us desirous to not contend to be salt or light, not to be kings and priests to our God, because no, everything... We some great evil bad is going to happen first. So why even fight for anything? And so we want to uh, we want that that perspective to find its death knell to be done with. And so uh, we want to look at I'm um, back to Schofield again. He was uh, his Bible came out and he was funded. I've shared with some I don't know how many times here. He was a member of the Lotus Club, one of those secret societies. Oh, great, wow. Yeah. Uh, Freemason, high Freemason, that was funding what he did. He was neither a doctor, never went through seminary. The moment, really? he, yeah. The moment he came to the Lord, he actually left his wife and daughter, never to return to them to take care of him. And I don't know, if, you know, I don't know enough about him if there was a real com, uh, if conversion or pre- not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where he was, but I just say there's a lot of shaky things around him, who his friends were, who funded it, and how it was put together to actually. Slow down the it is amazing because this is right at when Azusa Street's coming, the Holy Spirit's coming. He's empowering his church to advance the kingdom of God. And then you have this um, this perspective, this end time perspective that just pulls out, uh, you know, pulls out the gasoline, pulls out the turbo of the advance by saying, no, 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 no. You know, there's no point. They're not saying no point, but that's what that's the takeaway is. There's no point in moving forward with the kingdom of God because it's just going to be bad news and we're just going to be headed for darker and darker. Yeah. We would,
1: we would always avoid those meetings. It was they they would talk about, um, they would call a revelation meetings or Daniel and revelation meetings, blah, blah, blah. All they were was scare meetings, but yeah. Anyway, not to beat it to death here. But
3: And, and just yeah. to close that out. So again, what was, um, widely understood by most of the big um, names we'll say in ministry and in theology um from back jesus time the next couple hundred few hundred years is that you know the great tribulation that so many people are afraid of and that's part of what we were kind of pounding on with every one of the seven seals is like this is not the future and so the, the You know, the plug was already pulled on it. Whatever still exists, exists because we haven't confronted it. But this is not a you're not reading the future tea leaves from the book of Revelation by looking at these things. You're looking at what had been ruling and reigning and what we are called uh, to take out. And it was understood, again, by most, most names that the judgment spoken of, including things from Matthew 24, that those were things that did take place in 70 A.D., When Titus came and he leveled Jerusalem, the temple, over a million Jews uh, were killed. It was horrendous, and so it was. uh, It 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 played out what John, uh, the apostle, saw in the book of Revelation, and again
1: because I missed. I mean, when you covered that, when he saw those million, when those millions were, is that what? The, the prophecy meant or the word was that the time of trouble such as never been from the beginning of the earth and never will be again. Are you saying, or did you say that's what it was? Was that?
3: I don't think I've attached it to that, but, but it okay. is, a, it is a pro. It is um very appropriate description of it. I think okay. uh, those who have bought Harold Everly's uh, victorious eschatology, I believe he basically puts that out there that, I think percentage-wise and damage-wise, um, yeah. it was Holocaust equivalent. Yeah, uh, maybe even more. And so, uh, and they had a couple more um, Holocausts. Really, we um, won't go into right now. But there were a couple other um, uh, revolts that took place. And I don't have them right in front of me, but I know sometime after 100 AD there was the Barcova revolt, and there was another million Jews that were killed, and the blood. You know, whatever you would mm. have picked out from the book of Revelation and say it didn't happen there, uh, it did seem to happen. And it's even there's argument and uh, some level of dis- disagreement, which was worse. The one that took place, you uh, know, I think it's around 133 or something like that, but it's the Barcoga uh, revolt and the 70 AD. So there is great devastation and it was a judgment that was spoken of multiple times by the prophets of Uh, of the Old Testament.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give.
3: So this was, uh, but it's important for us to um, realize that most of the things that we would consider great tribulation are things that are explainable easily. Again, if you want to go through all the details of it, uh, I do still recommend um, uh, Harold Everly's Um, victorious eschatology for explanation for all those things for those who want it again. Again, I covered them some before, but we want to move forward and uh, let's go with the slide. The next slide on this kingdom of God timeline, and we're going to look at the dark kingdom. So the kingdom of God timeline is seen by Daniel. So we're going to identify the enemy and we, we, you know, I don't know if this could be considered a little commercial for him. If I ended it on this slide, it'd be inappropriate. But since we're going to just put it in context, you know, I hate bragging on anything the enemy did or mm. has done. And this is not really bragging on them. It's just recognizing, especially in the context of where we're going, mm. which is to prove uh, the victorious um, narrative that is that is our our joy to embrace um, so anyway, this is uh, the scripture for this, and I don't have it listed on, in that slide. I should have probably have done that, but I'm just going to tell you, and you can add that to Daniel uh, chapter 2, and I'm going to read um, verse 21, Daniel chapter 2, and in verse 21, uh, verse 20, if we started, Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And now I'm <clears throat> going to read verse 28. Um, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be, in the latter days, and then he goes into the dream. Now, for those of you who are uh, have forgotten the storyline, King Nebuchadnezzar is the one that was troubled with a dream, Yeah, and so then he began asking his wise men to tell him the dream as well as the interpretation. No one could do, so they began to kill the wise men. Daniel happened to be among the wise men. He said, King, uh, this comes from God. Give me some time to seek God, and so Daniel got his dream and he got his interpretation what's so amazing is God will would give Nebuchadnezzar uh, not not a go not a good guy not in his not an Israeli not an Israelite king hmm. um, he would give him the dream and tell him and lay out the plan really up till this day as far as empires it wasn't uh, heavily into detail, but there are some good details that that came out from it and so Um, Verse 31, as Daniel is explaining to him his dream, Daniel says, remember, Daniel was uh, he he was, you know, he was a slave. He was a servant. He had been captured from uh, the land of Judah. And so this was not him as a free man. This is him operating from from a slave perspective. But he was he he was one being treated in in a nice way, in a noble way because of who he was. You, O king, were watching and behold a great image. This great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. So we want to look at, we're going to get to uh, verse 34 in just a bit, but we want to Look at that right now as we are identifying the dark kingdom that is here and what what that was all all about. So when it said what you see in front of you there, Babylon, the head of gold, that was Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom. And and that is the time period above it, 605 to 539 B.C. And then it was Cyrus in the Medo-Persians that conquered Babylon. And that is, yes, the Cyrus we talk about, Daniel. Uh, amazingly, interacted with both, and interacted with favor both with Nebuchadnezzar and Cyrus um, uh, from the next uh, from the next empire, and that was 539 to 231 BC. So over 200 years were the Medo-Persians the dominant empire of the world, and it was signified by the chest and arms of silver from the dream that we just read, and then Alexander the Great came conquering. And that brought about the Greek Empire, and you see the timetable, 331 to 146 B.C. And this is going to be the more more surprising part of it, is the 146 B.C., and I have till present. And that's the part we're going to explain of the Roman Empire, because that was the last empire, um... Daniel saw, and he had unique explanation about this fourth kingdom we're going to get to in a moment, how it was different than all the rest. Mm -hmm. And it was different in, there was, there was the leg component of it and there was the feet and toes component and there was how it was composed in a different way. And we want to get into the nuances of that because that will be a major point I'm making that this fourth uh empire this fourth image this fourth beast that daniel saw is actually one that has stayed from Hmm. that time until until now and so i think we'll go ahead and move to the uh the the next slide the third slide we're going to talk about this fourth kingdom we're going to go slower. Yeah, keep it up there uh, with us because this is the stuff where people might want to take notes or pictures or, or whatever so they can see Steve and I. They probably remember what we look like.
1: <laughs>
3: it might not be the priority what we look like. So I'm going to read Daniel 7 through 19. And again, reminding you that Daniel was so proven correct and exact with the layout of what he saw and then how he interpreted him. Because he interpreted in those same um, in, in the same way we just saw the description of that again. Liberal theologians, modern liberal theologians, didn't believe he could have possibly actually given these um, descriptions in his day. But they must have been uh, somebody uh, inserted it as if it was Daniel, and they did it 200 years after Christ. And the reason they have a problem with it is like, well, it was like he knew what was going to happen. It's like, duh. I think that's what a prophet does. And, but you can tell that in the liberal uh, theologian, uh, you know, swirl of, of world, there is not really a strong belief in the things of the spirit there. Yeah. That's another discussion of the time. So we're going to read now Daniel chapter 7 and verses 19 through 23. And then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast. Okay, everybody, and it's real important for me that people understand this this time. Uh, I say this time because I've hit upon these in different ways, but this is going to be the one where I I want it to be able to stick the longest and the best. Mm. What's the fourth kingdom? The fourth kingdom was the Roman Roman. Roman. And it says, I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful with its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze, which devoured broken pieces and trampled the residue with its feet. And the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up before which three fell, namely that horn which had eyes and mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellow's. I was watching and the same horn, and for you, under, for you to understand, greater than his fellows. It's saying this, this empire was greater than the others. As great as those empires, the Babylonian empire looked like when it was thriving, like it was never going to be gone. Same with the medo persian same with Alexander the Great, and the Greek empire. And it says this was different. I was watching, verse 21, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. I'm going to go ahead and jump in here with an important point. Some of those we pointed out a few weeks ago, and not to bring his name up, but there's the only way you'll identify. There was a John MacArthur clip. Yes. We lose here. And I think you asked the... I I, I,
1: I wanted to believe you made it up, or it was CGI that was actually... This was a guy I used to follow when I was first a new Christian, and I thought he was all that and a bag of chips, you know, until until I began to experience the things of the spirit and he made himself an enemy to the things of the spirit. Yes.
3: And you know, it doesn't take away from the good things he's done, but as far as he clearly has been, uh, unless he's made any adjustments, I I know anti women in in ministry and leadership and anti things of the spirit. And he's been very vocal, very uh, almost disturbing in what he's willing to, to tackle. You feel like he's, uh, he's crossing some lines there we'll let the lord decide on that but the point of point of uh, uh contention for me right here is that this th- this is not helpful again for our generation the next generation but it's he didn't we didn't listen to anymore where did he get that from but there's simultaneously a scripture parallel scripture from revelation that kind of goes with this and when you hear about I was watching in the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. So the people that put all of this into the future, into the, uh, the great tribulation happening around it, there's like, no, there's a time, you know, it's determined that we lose. And it's when you miss the timing and the timings really made so obvious from so many points when you can see it correctly. Mm. Um, but the, the only the, the losing time and, and really it's not it doesn't say losing the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. It means the saints were fighting from a position of uh, not being in control, not being in charge. They're under duress. Yeah. So there is a, an exp- extended timetable where the saints are under duress. They're not the ones in power. And I'll just go ahead and say it. And I want to give the scripture shortly. Uh, Isaiah 6 and verse, I mean, Hosea chapter 6 and verse 2, we'll talk about, um, and, and we're going to get to it in a minute. For two days, uh, we were awake and, and basically being revived. And on the third day, something happens. And, and so I believe the 2,000 years, a day is a 1,000 years. Mm-hmm. And the two days spoken of by Hosea, where well, we're coming alive. Um, is where the church essentially got strong. It became a a huge population. Uh, We went from, um, you know, minuscule, not even 1% of the world's population, not even 1.01% in the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter two, to where it's now, uh, you know, there's 2.5 billion followers of Jesus Christ. Yes, in all sorts of different, ways and different eschatologies different perspectives and but they're not saying you know that they're following buddha muhammad or they're atheists or whatever so 2.5 billion so we've had this huge population growth but it's still been under duress we'll say this, that, that as far as um manifesting true kingdom christianity it has been under duress until this time but here's the deal the next verse So I was watching the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. And now this begins to connect verse 22 with something Bobby Connors has been saying a few times as well. And I have earlier in the year until the ancient of days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. What I'm going to say, maybe with more clarity than I've ever said, mm-hmm. I want to invite people to believe that is this is something that just happened, and I saw it, and I shared that this was um, a, a revelation for me while I was walking the beach of Florida at the beginning of the year in, in January, mm-hmm. and I kept seeing this gavel, and the Lord directed me here to Daniel that there had been a judgment made on behalf of the saints, and I didn't know if He was reminding me or actually doing it. The the
1: it was that real that it felt like now.
3: It felt like now, and it was um, not ironically, but maybe it was going on at the exact same time we were going through all the votes for our own uh, department of uh, uh, the house, uh, you know our own government in the United States, where there was the ruling, oh. and there had to be 15 different votings for who was going to win the house. Right, right. And so there, even if you watch the news, there was always this thing of a gavel uh, being there and who's, who's, who's going to be in that position. And, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy ultimately won it after, uh, 15,
1: 15 okay. rounds.
3: But, um, I say, I don't know if it was exactly then or, and, and I'm not sure if I have, you may remember what Bobby, uh, what Bobby Connor saw. And he, I think. he, well, said, I mean, he
1: saw a gavel come down, the gavel of the Lord. I don't remember if there was a s- word spoken or if he just saw. It. If anyone knows that, type it in there, uh, Julie. No, if you remember. I, I, I
3: know something. he has said it's it has to do with Daniel. What I don't know is if he began seeing it in Rosh Hashanah or if he oh. began at beginning of this year. Yeah, I'm just going mean, from a timing aspect. I'm not sure if this happened beginning rosh hashanah 2022 or the beginning of this year but i believe we have actually crossed over um, into uh, um some aspect of the third day that is um that is where the kingdom is being set up as never before and that that's why um, i've actually heard from this Q- is,
1: it's are you it's kind of like you're saying we've reached some sort of point of no return where we've crossed a, a line that we can't see, but God knew it was there, and it's and we're moving forward, right? It's more of a good news,
3: it's massively good news. Yeah, because we're going to get into what that what that third day um, is is here in, in in just a moment. But I want I want people to understand it's something that just took place. Either he's just reminding us again because we kind of been absent. Uh, there's different perspectives at this yeah. age of the third day began in 2012 because it's the age of the kingdom. And I got something like that back in 2012. Um, all I know is um, either he's had to remind us over and over or something did just kick in at the beginning of this year where he's making it a big point. The ruling has already been made on behalf of the saints. Hmm. And so this means you no longer just get pushed around and beat up by this beast because this is, um, this is part of this is the original plan as seen by Daniel. So we'll look at what um, what's on uh, what our on our slide here. That's the scripture we just read about this fourth kingdom that is different. It morphs into different things. And we're going to talk about that in a different way. So uh, if you understand, if you know about history until 476, the Roman Empire um, existed, it's really collapsed for 410. A.D. is when Rome was demolished, really, by uh, uh, the Goths, Visigoths, and And so uh, 4,476 is, is when, you know, people will say that's when it collapsed. But we understand that there was the Roman Empire East, which was Constantinople. That went on until 1453 um, when the Turks in, invaded. So even from that understanding, if you think of Roman Empire West and Roman Empire East, It is accepted that it went on into 1453. And what I'm adding to it is the next uh, line there. Covert realignments created a three-headed ruling Babylon. And I'm going to explain this. The Khazarian mafia take over the top leadership of the Catholic Church, Freemasonry, Zionism, etc. via infiltration. All secret societies, all royal families were targeted. So I want people to understand that there was, the reason this final beast was so different and so much more powerful, it reinvented itself, it did different things, it went covert in, in some ways, and it began to choose this priority, really, religion and economy. And that's what you will see as the final point on this slide. But uh, um, and, but on our way there, let's look at um, Revelation 16, 19, And I'll just tell you, I didn't have my Bible open there, and I don't think I did tell them this one, but Revelation 16, 19. I'll just read to you what it says. Now that great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nation fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. The great city was divided into three parts. So you can just, uh, you can go back to where we were on the slide, um, and and I just want to bring that up. So it talks about the great city Babylon being divided into three parts. And so we're going to tell you the three parts are made up of the Vatican empire, the Washington DC empire and Rothschild's London empire. And oh, wow. what you see, the three seals at the bottom are all three. are symbols. Um, the first one is from, um, uh, Actually the yeah is the the you know the the last one is the Vatican Empire, and the first one, I believe is the Rothschild one, and the middle one is the washington d c empire Now we think of eagles being good, and they are, and obviously the enemy is always taking whatever is good, whether it's rainbows or seven sevens and and and, and eagles and but these are uh, insignias, coat of arms, different symbolisms. That they all three have, and if you look to the one on the far right at the bottom, that's literally on the floor of the Vatican. That there are three. Oh, it is.
1: Oh, my. Hey, can you clarify one thing, Johnny? When you each time Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome—I always knew that growing up too. But are you saying that the, each each um, power that was now taken over by the next one it was Babylon eventually absorbed into Rome itself? Is that how you're connecting these?
3: Yes. So, I, because I, I, it was it was saying.
1: taken out, right? So how does it remain if it was taken out? And I guess you're saying it was absorbed?
3: No. So, first of all, uh, uh, Steve, um, Re- uh, Revelation 17, 18, and 19, when it talks about Babylon, even Babylon, the Great greatest fallen, it's not talking about Babylon.
1: Okay, not literal Babylon then. Okay.
3: It, it is self-evident if you yeah. understand, but which... I didn't know for a long time myself. I thought it was literally talking about Babylon. Yeah. Babylon, as part of the original, remember, this this is an image that has four parts. The first part of the image was Babylon. Babylon had already been conquered, devastated, destroyed. Nothing about the de- uh, uh, description of Revelation 17, 18, and 19 was actually describing Babylon, which was just Got nothing.
1: it. Okay. It was the metaphorical Babylon that. that it talks about. Yeah. This is
3: important. This is what I'm saying. There is uh, there's covert realignments and there's things that disappear and show up in, a, in another kind of way. But this is all, even though when we talk about the four kingdoms, they're still part of one beast, okay? And so John, when he's writing the book of Revelation, he cannot call it Rome that's doing that. He cannot, first of all, ju- just say, when it says Babylon has fallen, it's talking about Rome. Okay, that's what John's writing about. Rome has fallen, collapsed and all that. And so those are things that became true.
1: John had to talk in code because uh, because Rome is the one that had authority over his life. Right.
3: So things the beast he's talking about, Nero, uh, when he's talking about seven heads, ten horns, these he's talking about specific. There were seven Caesars and there were ten provinces. So he's having to use code language for everything he's doing because not only would he be executed, but whoever would hold, whoever would read what he had. Remember this is a book that's supposed to be given out to at least the seven primary churches of Asia. And so anybody caught with this information, it would be considered worse than clandestine to be treacherous and all that. We understand that easily in light of what we've gone through the last two or three years where you, you can't say the word Vax. You can say jab and then there's where jab was censored and so you just kind of had to put your hand on your arm there <laughs> and so i think it should be easier to, for people to understand that so this is important part what you the question you asked i was going to um get uh, to it because it would have to get to it for explanation that when it talks about babylon has fallen and it talks about what babylon has is capable of of doing and being it is it is talking not about literal Babylon of that day that John was looking at, because it had none of the power. Rome had all this power. And so, um, in fact, I'll just read it from Revelation 18 in the first three verses. Um, and Lord, keep anointing all those who are listening to be able to uh, yeah. grasp this stuff. We don't want to we, we're trying to give you ammunition to stay hopeful the rest of your life. And that's what's going on here. We're really not trying to indoctrinate you in some sort of perspective of the end time. We're telling you over and over and over. He has told us from the very beginning, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Holy Spirit, when he comes upon you, he's going to give you power and you will be witnesses to me throughout the whole world. Isaiah 60, nations will walk to the light of the sons of God. Habakkuk 2.14, the whole earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. We have scripture after scripture after scripture. Psalm 2, asking me the nations for an inheritance. Isaiah 61, an anointing (coughs) to set the captives free, but also to rebuild ruined cities, nations. This is our assignment that's before us. We have no reason to uh, pause and look and stare was well, this the, the tribulation that was coming? Is this the, Is it, you don't need to look at anything else. Whatever is in the spirit of the Antichrist, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And to the degree that we work together as the body of Christ, to that degree, we can fast forward even the advances of the kingdom. But here's just three verses when it speaks of the fall of Babylon in Revelation chapter 18. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen and fallen, has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations, all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. So we have, and just hang on that part, for all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath. What is true, though it was an application, and John, when he's speaking, it did apply to Rome, and there was a collapse of Rome, and all the things Rome did Really, Rome didn't fulfill the expanded view of Babylon that was just that I just read to you because it said all nations have bowed before her and been polluted by her. That didn't happen until this present version of Babylon took, took over, and that's when we want that's what we want to be able to uh explain to you in, in a clear way. All right, I'm going to follow my, my notes here. Um to say it another way the babylon we presently see which is the one we would call we've been calling when we say the deep state mm-hmm. when we say the nwo the new world order when we talk about um the illuminati the bilderbergers the freemasons they have there there, there is a uh, you know a coordinating role in each one of these groups that have to do with um they are what constitute the present Babylon, which is an extension of that original Roman Empire that then began to um, if you understand back to we said in 1453 the Turks began to take out Constantinople. But there is by this time the Catholic Church is the dominant world religion. And it's not that we're blaming Catholics in any kind of in any kind of way here, but we'll say that those who were strong and the families that were strong and the witches and warlocks that were strong in in conjunction with them they began and plotted and planned how to take over the world from a religion government and economy and and so
1: like if you're if you're a jesus loving accepting catholic you're not coming against those people who are watching this now, who, are, who love the Lord and they're Catholic. You're saying these are people, and I'm not, not wanting to put words in your mouth, but these are people at the top who run the organization, who conspired, who are in, con- in conspiracy with these other organizations. Would, would that be about what you'd say?
3: Yeah, and so even as I have listed there, when I put covert realignments created a three-headed ruling Babylon, Kazarian Mafia take over the top leadership. It's through, and I mentioned there, just want to hang on that, Freemasonry, Zionism, via infiltration. All secret societies, all royal families targeted. It's theoretically not that every secret society is bad. It's not theoretically all royal families are bad, but they were targeted. And there was a, a Kazarian Mafia component. I've spoken on it before, and that's, again, where it trying to keep message message with, within the parameters. We want to do that. But these are ones that used their money, their influence. And I'll name some of the, you know, here's some more names for those who need to get that together. Uh, think of the Rothschilds. And mm-hmm. So if you look even at the seal, the money seal, um, the, the, of the three we have on the bottom, the one on the left, that is the Rothschild seal. And they have been the heads of the money component of it and for whatever, 400 or more years, they have been the ones through the central banks, uh, the world banks, through the Federal Reserve, um, and they have various other arms that assist them in doing, including the IRS that have assisted them in their process of doing what they do, but it's still part of the same empire. It's part of this um, fourth empire that was seen, this fourth image that was seen by Daniel because if you follow uh, again the families and you follow the religion that's there, it's the same one uh, and it never did get knocked out. And so this is the one that's been there. And, and it, we go with, um, we add to what we mentioned as a Rothschild, I've said, I think I've said before, almost anything with the name world and a world economic forum uh, is part of it with the economy, the World Health Organization,
1: Wow. Uh, who right. never thought of it that way. Anything almost anything with the world word world.
0: Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com/slash give. Now back to the show.
3: And not to knock anybody who's got a world thing in their ministry, but yeah. it's just of the big names. United Nations, the Free Nations, they, they qualify uh for for all of this. So um so what I'm saying, in other words, that the, the Babylon collapse in the book of Revelation, while applicable to Rome, and there was something of Rome that was the dominant empire, but it wasn't as dominant as the present new world order um, has been. And again, we're going only towards uh, good news. And and the proof, again, the absolute proof is the last two or three years. That's why it had to happen. The pain is for the awakening. Once you realize that 200 and something nations on the earth, everybody was masking, everybody was six feet apart, everybody was facing the loss of their jobs if they didn't do it together. They're all forced to walk to this lying charade that this was the most dangerous uh, virus ever. And, and, And lie after lie after lie was passed. The mass media all cooperated on it, in it, all financial major institutions, and from their pressure all major uh, corporations if not all 99.99 percent of corporations we saw it was just unbelievable that if you put like we're taking off the air live just mentioning a couple of, of the inconsistencies i could not say uh you know on my own social media i could not question what is taking place at all hundreds of thousands of americans uh, not to say even more across the whole nation world were taken offline where you were, you know, anywhere from a three day suspension, suspended for life off what we thought was social media that was just available for everybody. We find it was propaganda. There's never, we have never in the history of the world had um, a, a, a totalitarian takeover of the world. This thing of one world government that we've been fearing for the future and that's why, I like the pastors who keep taught, one day there's going to be a, you know, one more government. It's like, what kind of, where have you been sleeping? There could not ever be a more a more whole government takeover as what we just experienced. What we're still fighting through yeah. right now, and part of it, the pain of it, is for for the awakening. It was across all seven mountains. They had taken media media matters. Um, and, and this is this is reported from uh, I've got the reports from all over the world, it's not just the United States, you it, whatever um, media outlet did not fall in line with the beast. We'll say that way with that image, they in some way or another were shut down, um, uh, targeted for shutdown, if not shut down. And again, education, this is what came out through began to be rapidly produced through curriculum. And and this is what began Hollywood echoed it like 100% this is like nobody showed any courage um, from Hollywood because all the a actors a list everybody 99.90% of them have already been compromised. So we find out that and sports stars, you know, the one or two that was able to uh, to speak out in some way and resist whether it's Jokovic in tennis or Ky- Kyrie Irving and in, in, in basketball. There's like one in a million, it seems like, that would speak up. And then they're vilified before the whole world for endangering the whole world. Nobody says uh, is apologizing to any of these that stood up in any kind of way. But it was mountain by mountain by mountain. Some of you need to be jogged in your memory. What just what we just went through the last three years, what's not yet done, what they're they're still trying to do. Um, And to talk about it being some there is no way they could do this more perfectly because they did it on our watch without us noticing, where even the church, those who are supposed to be alert, we didn't see it. And even my perspective has changed because we'll say two or three years ago, I thought this was a test run for what they might try to do. No, this is it. This is that final manifestation. It doesn't mean things are are about to wrap up in that kind of way. We're just going to the third day, which is where we cease being. So you're
1: saying this is absolutely happening now. That But people have equated what's happening now as proof that it's time for the Antichrist, the beast, this is it. But you're saying, no, what's ha- it is happening now, but but how would you finish that sentence?
3: Well, what What's happening now is the revealing that this, what I've been saying for the last little bit, is when something gets exposed, it's not because it's getting stronger. It's because judgment, okay. it's because third day we're making the shift from where they were overcoming the saints this has been our past this is not our future this has been our past it was just revealed to us it has just revealed Mm -hmm. to us that we have been taking vaccines for over a hundred years and they've been killing us with it it was just revealed to us that the these federal agencies whether it's the federal reserve whether it's fda these agencies that we thought were protecting us in some way, that they were actually anywhere from poisoning us, killing us, lying to us. This, we just got, it just got revealed to us. And so it's not that this is the danger of the future. This is where we've been. And the gavel means there is, this is time for this stuff to lose. So that's what we're here for, is for the triumph. And this is what we're declaring, what I've been declaring, Trump has been put in as a Cyrus to defeat this Babylon just like Cyrus defeated that Babylon which was considered impregnable unbeatable. And so he's he's put in but it's not just you know he he has his role but yeah. the body of Christ has the role because it's the ruling was on behalf of the saints. And so the saints must take the freedom must take up what was just given to them. Uh, the, the gavel represented a legal edict uh, uh, from heaven where it's time for the kingdom to be revealed in a new way. And so this is what's before us. It's only good news. So, um, no, there's no way that I'm saying this is what's before us. This is what just got exposed before got us. got
1: exposed. That's huge. That's a huge clarification to me that I didn't know where, where you were going with it. But that makes it very clear. It's not that it's suddenly getting worse and worse and worse. It's that it got so bad, it, it became time to expose it. or or And and by the, expose, the very act of exposing it, it begins to become weaker from that point on, right?
3: Yes, and so this is an initiative of God. Um, and it, And it's because what's next is not a revelation, a reveal. Uh, uh, of the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet that 's what 's been ruling for two hundred years,
1: yeah, thousand
3: wow. years, I should say, wow, for two thousand years, the church has grown in the sense of there 's a number of people who claim allegiance to Jesus Christ again, two and a half billion people, uh, one in every three or four on the planet, depending on who 's counting on what the numbers are, so it 's like wow, 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 but this church has not operated at all under um, the personality and guidelines of the king of this kingdom, because there has been infiltration and distortion. This thing of infiltration, uh, back to the point we were making before, like to look to look uh, askance at the Catholic Church and say, "Oh my, yes, we could just as easily just put mainline Christianity." Because well, yeah,
1: I mean, the, the, right, the
3: denominations, yeah, they capitulated to this whole thing in, in excess it, of ninety percent.
1: Can path- you say that again be- on behalf of my um, Catholic brothers and sisters? You are not just pointing at the Catholic church leadership. We're pointing at maybe the leadership in a whole bunch of the Protestant churches, can we say? Am, am I overstating that?
3: Not at all. I- I'm going to say it was over 90% of pastors of all denominations, over 90% of all Christian ministries, You have Franklin Graham saying Jesus would take would take the jab. That's borderline blasphemy.
1: Yeah, it Uh, is.
3: And so and you have T.D. Jakes putting Fauci on his platform and saying, if you don't get the vaccination, you cannot come into this church. This is for our good. And like this, this cannot be seen as just simple stupidity, nor is it simple uh, um, ignorance. This is compromise. There, I don't know where and how exactly, but this is infiltration and this is hijacking of institutions of Christianity. And it, the bigger you are, the more likely you were hijacked. Your yeah. denomination, your church, your ministry, it would be less than 1% of anything big that didn't get hijacked in the last three years. That's how bad, bad it was. And so that's why we have to wake up. To and, well,
1: that's interesting. You, so you think a lot of that hijacking only took place in the last three years?
3: No, it's been being set up for the, I I, I have, I'll get to it sometime. I have a whole documentation from decades ago of how to go after it's by these deep staters, how to go after, um, how to go after churches and that they cannot fulfill their deep. They cannot fulfill their deep pro um, not deep program, uh, deep population agenda without the church. And so there was, begin making friendships, begin giving them some things, begin giving them money. You're kind of, you're setting them up for when you need them, you call on them.
1: I want to, um, I want to throw one out to you, Johnny, because I was going to talk to you about it off the air. I'm going to talk to you about it on the air. I just won't say the name. There was a woman I know who's in a prophetic uh, round table. I know uh, she's not a super prominent name. So if I said the name, which I won't, many people wouldn't recognize it, but she said to me recently, where, me and my other friend here are, are, are members of the World Economic Forum. And I go, what do you mean you're members of the World Economic Forum? He says, well, there have to be Christians that join that to to, to make a difference. And to address that for a minute, if you will. Maybe, maybe she's right, but I don't know. I don't think so.
3: Well, I, I would doubt it. But um, if you don't understand, you know, there, there is a part where the Lord could. I won't say 100% absolute. The fact that she did say uh, we're there to make a difference, then that's okay. I would like much more to hear in order to stem the darkness they're trying to bring. Like if you don't understand what's taking place. But again, the Christians have been being set up for forever by being given money and titles and privilege and access And so, yes, I was like, oh, we're part of, we we have Christians that are invited and are part of the Illuminati, the Bilderberg, the uh, Club of 300, Rome Club. There's other things. They're at uh, Templar, Knights of Templar, and and all these secret societies, they are invited and they feel privileged and they're, you know, they have their own internal arguments on why this is different, why it's okay and why it's acceptable. And it's possible. If you were really aware, if you weren't just pulled um, uh, by them, if the strings weren't just pulled by the manipulators, it's okay. But it's unlikely um, that they would have targeted you if they thought that you were sharp enough to actually challenge them. I'm sorry for that, for that statement.
1: Yeah, well, I but- mean, it would seem like you'd have to be the most strongest backbone human being around to be members of those orders and and stand for and stand openly and with your mouth and your pen for truth in, in in spite of that you know I don't know it seems pretty hard.
3: Well, and and not to say uh, more than I want to of, of myself, but I've said before I have met with over twenty five um, basically heads of state, okay. and and hundreds and hundreds of uh, senators, congressmen, mayors. Uh-huh. Uh, presidents of political parties, and um, you know, I've had none of these secret societies, and none of these uh, groups um, asked me to be a part of of them, because I think they're pretty sure that I'm not going to be friendly to what their cause is, and and so not to say it's impossible, yeah. I do believe that God does. Um, well, not- you know, I
1: actually appreciate your your willingness to say it's possible that God could have asked you to be there to make a difference. Uh, not that likely, but it, we'll, we'll say it's possible. So that's, that's yeah. good to hear. Yeah. You know,
3: and there's probably a handful, but yeah. I'll say yeah. more, uh, more than not, there's going to be just the ones that were played. Um, they, they were, they were known to be compromised in some way. And um, so there was, or, or there was a money angle uh, well, We'll, we'll leave that for now for time's sake, yeah. but it, it's an important way of thinking and processing what you're doing. So yeah. back to our, um, let's go back to our slide. If we can put that back up.
1: Uh, there, there it is. So,
3: and I'm going to read Daniel 2 now, 42 and 43. That goes into the final version of the fourth kingdom. And that's what I'm talking about is this is the kingdom that's being exposed, revealed. And you can remember this whole beast took a brutal hit from the time Jesus showed up. So it's already, um, it's, it's already, it's death knell has already been hit. So this is remnant stuff we're talking about. We'll get to more of that in just a minute. But let me just read Daniel 2, 42 and 43. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so this kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another just as iron does not mix with clay. I read that from the NLT. It would talk about bloodlines that they're talking about. They will look for bloodlines to be connected. Oh, really? I didn't know there. Oh, let me see what it actually says here in 243. It was another uh, version of the Bible that I was looking at. this mixture of iron and clay also shows that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliances with each other through intermarriage, is is what it says. So, okay. what what is it I'm what I'm saying here? Th- this is telling us that that final, um, the final stage. This is now. See, remember the Rome? It had the legs, then it got down to the feet, and then the toes, and it started with iron, and then. When it talks about partly strong, there's iron and partly clay, uh, partly fragile. I'm I'm just telling you that the partly fragile, the clay is we the people. It's people. It was known that they needed a mass of followers. So we have they 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 were able to create. We saw it in the last three years. They were they were able to create where they deceived the people in general. So but these people that they deceive for a season, and so the people themselves. If you went against, if you didn't wear a mask uh, in the early days and you go to the airport, you'd have people get a mask on. But I had to happen to me because I didn't have a mask. Get a mask on. And so the people themselves were part of their makeup. They're part of this kingdom until, but it's fragile. It's fragile because it's we the people. And if we the people wake up, then they no longer have the mask that they had. And then verse 43 tells you that this group has been counting on their bloodlines. And we know that that's super powerful for, we'll say, the Illuminati and for these um, secret societies, they, they look after bloodlines and they intermarry, intermingle and they try to create. And so we have, uh, you know, all kinds of people have different last names and you really think they do, we won't go into it because you'll say, oh, that's conspiracy theory. What I'm telling you here uh, for that, that which was called conspiracy theory is like so laid out from the Bible and from the book of Daniel from way back. So they showed up here. You, the religion is they took over the Vatican. They compromised the Vatican from the top, not saying all priests, all cardinals, all bishops were bad, but in the power positions, and the power positions would mainly have to do with their banking above everything. And so they, they, weren't, they positioned themselves in, in a power uh, position. The government component was secured once they uh, purchased Washington, D.C. You have to understand uh, these three components, these three parts of what I list under Revelation 16, the makeup of the Vatican Empire, the Washington, D.C. Empire, and the Rothschilds London Empire. It's City of London, Washington, D.C., the Vatican. They all three operate independently. Vatican is not part of Italy. Washington, D.C. is not part of the United States. London City is not part of...
1: Uh, and and the, the, for people who don't know that London, it, it's not talking about the greater London city. It's talking about like a couple of square miles or something, one or yeah. two square miles called the City of London, which is within London, right? So, so they, people know what you're saying there.
3: And then every year, the uh, the royal family essentially uh swear some kind of allegiance i don't know ex- how, how they kiss or you know kiss and ring they come and bow they show obeisance of some sort to the city uh the city mayor of the city of london so showing that the city of london actually runs greater london in uk itself this is okay. not conspiracy stuff this is real it's it's again it's showcased in uh in the bible And this is a manifestation. This is the final manifestation of the fourth beast. This is what I want want people to understand. The fourth beast, I have not yet read completely what is its future. We've talked Mm -hmm. about it before. You know where it is. And so we have to get to that in a moment. But this Mm -hmm. is now getting to the toes and the feet where it's made up of iron. This is the control aspect. So they're controlling, but it's mainly deceived clay. So it's iron. All the control mechanisms they have through all the seven mountains and deceive clay. The Deceive clay is ultimately we the people. And it's we the people that are being uh, set free at this time. So let's go to the final um, slide here. I need to look at my... <clears throat> this stuff happens. Oh, wow. Yeah, I do have to look at our timetable. It's amazing when mm-hmm. we're having fun here, Steve. How yeah, fast it, goes fast,
1: it goes fast, doesn't it?
3: So meanwhile, the kingdom of God. So if you got all scared hearing about the other, again, it's just... it's only a a fake commercial form. It's sort of like Caleb said, yeah, I see them. Uh, They will be bred for us. And so everything I just talked about before, all their alliances, all their blood alliances, all the ways they have taken seven mountains and the nations and everything, it is, they will be bred for us because we've already talked about it briefly. There has been a ruling, a gavel said, okay, no more being pushed around. For the saints of the most high. It is third day time. That's what we're going to get to on this, uh, on this uh, slide right here. So let's read Daniel 2:34-35. We got to get to this good news and leave us established in the good news. This is right after what we read before of the, the four aspects of this beast. And so Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar, you watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff Hmm. from the thrummer summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that everybody get this one no trace of them was found and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth now this wow. is that's uh, so important go back that's to the- that.
1: good news man that's good news that's good I, I i've seen that a million times in my upbringing i never they never emphasized no trace of them was found you know? no
3: trace of them is found they will be made chaff and the wind will blow them away and it's talking, for so people, let's get this. This is talking about, uh, because it's that fourth, there was no more after the fourth empire, the fourth right. beast. And that's the one finishing up right now. It's been in power in some way or another, really since Babylon. Uh, because they're literally, the demonic uh, forces and the way they bloodlet and they sacrifice and cannibalism mm. and the spiritual and the rituals they have behind it have been similar since Babylon, because this is still the same beast. And it's just it was, yeah, they were uh, taken over uh, at the first three stages, but the fourth one was a very different one. It says this one was very different, and it operated different. So then Daniel two forty four. There it is. And in the days of these kings, now, who was it talking about? Well, the kings that it just talked about, it talked about the toes, of the partly iron, partly clay, that would be partly strong and partly fragile that I just told you about. In the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to these other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. Now, Daniel says it in every conceivable way. We just read, this was before, about it being turning into chaff and disappearing, it's going to break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever, inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mount without hands, and that it broke in pieces all these other, I'll, I'll better read it, that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this, the dream is certain, and its interpretation sure." So we want people to understand this is our storyline. This, uh, uh, this is the narrative we're invited to be a part of, not to be uh, obs- uh, you know, morbidly obsessing over how much control and, and damage the other kingdoms um, have, but that there is a time where God shifts everything. We know he was setting up his kingdom all the way. Uh, there's a manifestation, a revealing of the king, uh, first with Jesus, he was revealed, repent, the kingdom is here, and who was here, the king was here, so there was an initial revealing and establishing, but there is an aspect of even what this gavel has hmm. just represented, is that it's now time for the kingdom, the third day is about the kingdom being set up, the kingdom being set up on earth, and um, and it decimates all other kingdoms, so whatever, again, this thing of not to beat up on him. John MacArthur, we lose? No, we don't. For 2,000 years, for those first two days that we're going to get to in Hosea chapter 2, for 2,000 years, while we're populating, while we're growing, I'm going to go ahead and look at that Hosea 6, 2, 1. And I'll, uh, what it says, after two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we might live before him. After two days, he will revive us. And the third day, we will, he will raise us up. That we, There it is. That we may live in his sight. Now you can go back to the um, that slide so I can show it from, from there. So you see the scripture, a day is as a thousand years with the Lord. Again, this is even common Hebraic, rabbinic understanding that this has to be talking about thousands of years. After 2,000 years, it's been 2,000 years. Um, and it's always going to be more or less. They're not. You can see the Hebraic understanding is not an obsessing, obsession with finding out exactly when it was 2,000 uh, years. There's about 2,000 years since Jesus was on the earth, whether you look at when he was born or whether you look at when he uh, resurrected, uh, whether you look at when he died on the cross. There's three different dates you could look at. But there's two days of uh, he poured out his spirit in Acts chapter 2, and so life revival, populating the earth. And it has continued um, till this day to the point where, as I've said, it's one in every three or one in every four. We've acted like a minority. We haven't been the minority, but because we have not been in a position of influence and power, partially because of our own darkness of mind, partially for not buying into his narrative, partially because there is this thing of the time of the Lord that we've now, we're, we're third day, Whenever the third day started, whether it was 2012, 2015, whether it's right now, there has been a reminder of the Lord about this thing. Hey, the ruling took place. The ruling, the gavel, uh, the court has been seated, and it's time for the kingdom of God to finish crushing all other kingdoms. That's why, you know, get the movies on Sound of Freedom. They're telling you what these other kingdoms have been doing. They didn't just start doing that. There's some aspect of it's gotten worse. In the last few years perhaps but there has been there have been millions of slaves sex slaves and otherwise there has been cannibalism there's been underground stuff there's been the horrific stuff that we've been finding out this is not recent this is just recent discovery it's been going on for forever and ever and ever and it's part of these two days of where this beast has been oppressing Christians and the church We've been fighting against the tide. And the Lord said, I'm making a ruling on behalf of the saints because it's time to set up the kingdom. It's time to showcase the kingdom. It's the third day kingdom demonstration time. And so Daniel seven twenty six and 27, 26, 27, 28. If you, but the court shall be seated. Again, this is another one. Speaking into the same matter, no longer out of Daniel 2, but out of Daniel 7. And they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Okay, next verse, if you're if you're still there. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven. Almost if I could get everybody to say it with me. Under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the most wow. high.
1: It doesn't sound like they lose, does it?
3: No. Next, uh, and finally, verse 28, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. So this tells you he wants all other kingdoms and dominions to serve him. Again, this is why we're not, we're not talking about uh, dominionism, where we're trying to rule over people ourselves, but we are saying, hey, we're a part of this kingdom, and he has said all other kingdoms... All other false structures, all other false uh, setups from Lucifer are going to be crushed on earth. And he's going to use his sons and daughters. The God of peace will crush Satan under our feet. And this becomes one of the most important points as we close here, Steve. Because everybody agrees, all Christians agree. Well, I've read the back of the book and we win.
0: Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com/slash give and become a partner today.
3: But it's how we win. And if you don't get how we win, you'll never be part of the win. You'll be part of the generation that missed out on winning. Because how we win is not Jesus returning and stomping on them. This is over and over and over. Acts three twenty one. He is held in the heavens until all things spoken of by his servants, the prophets, are fulfilled. We've been telling you some of them. We inherit the nation. Arise, shine. Your light is come. The glory of the Lord has risen on you. Behold the darkness. The Lord arises on you. Wow. Nations will walk to the light of the sons of God. Isaiah two two. In the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord exalted on the tops of the mountains. Nations run and say, Hey, we we need what you what you have. And so. For you to say we win because Jesus comes and saves the day, you miss the entirety of the narrative. He gets no glory from that. Why did he ever put us on earth? Why did he ever put Adam and Eve on earth? He never needed our help to, to take out Satan. It would mean that he, he created a plan that he, it, it, it failed, that he was a failure, that he had a plan to make sons and daughters in his image. And it's like, dang, Michael, we can't do it. Go save him. Uh, let, let's do that. No we are going to arise and shine to uh, a whole nother level. And the reason, uh, uh, you know, we, we must understand this, that Satan is not his adversary. It's our adversary, your adversary, the devil. He is not worthy to be God's adversary. He literally was created by a spoken word. Let there be Lucifer and Lucifer came. He can disappear him with, Let there not be Lucifer. You're like, well, then why doesn't he do it? Because Lucifer's not the problem. The problem, if we want to say it, is sons and daughters not believing who they are. He has made us kings and priests. That's been my message the last seven weeks. He has made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Satan on earth tells us how big we have to get. We have to be big enough where when we look at Satan, where we look at all these institutions and, 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 whether, whether it's the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, whether it's the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, whoever, all these things that uh, are so scary, we, we, like Caleb, can say they will be bread for us. Whenever Satan finally looks, at, uh, looks to us like he's just bread for the assignment, we'll know that we have grown up enough for there to be a final celebration that he wants to come be a part of. Uh, some of the end-time scenarios of of the marriage supper of the Lamb, of the Lord returning, all these excited things that are uh, held for us will happen once we've grown enough. Lucifer, Satan, and what he does is just telling us how big we have to get. It's like David had to be able to look at Goliath and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? This is all scripture. It says in the scripture, we will one day look at him who deceived the nations. We will one day look at Lucifer, at Satan himself and say, this is the one that was damaging the nations. He's the one that created all this trouble. Why would we ever do that? How could we ever do that unless we grew uh, into a whole nother? We grow into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We have to grow. uh, We have to grow in a whole nother level. And it starts with getting the right narrative. And it starts with getting the right narrative on who he is. He is a king that has created an amazing story. There's an amazing glory for his story. And we have been ripping him off by saying, No, we're just going to hang on. And then he's going to. Uh, it's not just that we've been throwing that out, that there's going to be, you know, we hang on and then we barely get rescued by by him. It's, but it's like a mafia within the church that any voice that rises up like my voice must be attacked in all points bullet bulletin attack. It's part of the infiltration that's come in from the enemy from within the church that any voice that says, We can arise. We can shine. We can see Christ rule and reign through us. We can see every uh, kingdom of darkness and every bit of kingdom of darkness crushed and blown away where it disappears on planet Earth. Every voice that, that will announce that, you will find the infiltrated voices that are on the church mountain. They will come out against it, and we have to awaken as the people. This is my appeal to the people and the leaders that are part of the people We can no longer allow that to happen. The ruling has already been made. There has been a ruling made in heaven on our behalf. Time for the saints to possess the kingdom. Time for the kingdom to be set up on earth. And we must join in. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And um, that's part of my assignment is to just echo that as strongly as possible so that we
1: do it. I want to ask, hopefully this is not too controversial, but maybe we can take just a couple of minutes on this. You and I both, we had General Flynn on, and I have the greatest respect for him. We had Mel K on, and both of them seem to have been assigned a position to say to us, you know, of course, General Flynn's written a book called Fifth Generation Warfare, and but basically he's trying to get everyone to wake up, which basically you're trying to do too, Johnny, but you're coming up from a different angle, but he's trying to get people to say to not hold on, that help is on the way, help is on the way, He's trying not to let us think that way, but to get busy. Do you see, or can you see, some sort of coming together of of the goals of what they're trying to do is get people to get to work. And I, I, it sounds like you're kind of trying to, to get us to get to work. What, what would you say about that? Because that's where the rubber meets the road. At this? Okay.
3: It's a good question. And and um, you know, I was having the conversation with somebody is one of my meetings the last couple of days they're like wow uh, they they were they love the message but they recognize and I was sharing with them here's what's different I said about how I'm presenting this I said unfortunately we're using fear tactics to wake up the body I we're see. saying we're going to lose our way of life uh, oh people don't realize is we lost our way of life a long time ago you've been being uh, programmed sickened and everything else for the longest time so you already lost it so don't Uh, You know, that's just a a deceived narrative that you've been carrying anyway, that we're going to lose our way of life. But there is, we'll we'll forget that little point and just say, there's like, we better rise up or we're going to lose everything. And I suppose that's better than nothing. I suppose it's better than staying sound asleep. And there is, the original stage of awakening is a bucket of ice water in your face. And it's like, wow, and I guess I suppose I have been saying myself, the rude awakening is the first stage of the great awakening. It's where it's like, what? But at some point it's, we we wanna, I just say the higher narrative is the one I'm laying out. It's the kingdom narrative. And so if we understand that it's no longer, there's no if what I'm talking about, it's only who. It's This is not if my people which are called by my name. If my people which are called by my name just means, are you or us gonna be a part of this victorious group? Somebody is because it's already been paid for. This was something that John already went and saw the whole process, and he came out with the Revelation eleven fifteen, 15, and he said, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. He saw that. He went into the future. He already saw it. And so that was signed, sealed, and delivered by the blood of Jesus. That is the future. It's not necessarily yours or ours unless we participate with it. That's why I have a vested interest in seeing others wake up because there can't just be one or two of us that hang on and say, we're going to be a part of that because if the greater masses decide against it, sort of like Caleb, 40 years, they walk around in the wilderness losing, even though they had the potential to win if they would have listened to Caleb 40 years before.
1: Is, let me ask you this way too. Is, this may be an overstatement, but if you were to say to those who are not awake yet, and we're trying to get them awake to, to, do, to be kings and priests, would it be a more appropriate instead of the scare tactic, which is you're about to be creamed, you're about to lose everything? Would a better approach be, folks, we've got the enemy on his heels, on his knees. Wake up! Let's all chase him down and finish him off. Is that a more appropriate, or is it even accurate to say it kind of like that? Well, how would you? Well,
3: well, it is. Like we could, if we told the things that the whole world is waking up to, yeah. like again. What I was saying two years ago, they got me called conspiracy theorists, are now regular. CNN is talking about Hunter Biden, the things that two years ago when I said it was conspiracy theory. That's not even to talk about Tucker Carlson, what he's saying, uh, Elon Musk, Twitter, and it's being revealed in all kinds of different ways. And yeah. And so um, the good news is it's it's there is the awakening is taking place. And again. I I get really encouraged by what the Lord showed me that I've shared multiple times a few years ago. He showed me he's removing the mafia from the seven mountains. And I didn't realize that in him saying I'm removing the mafia from the seven mountains, he's saying I'm removing Babylon. That I'm that this is that moment of Daniel. Wow. There is a gavel decision. So that's what tells me the Lord, because he also said, I could have done this long time ago, but my people weren't ready to wake up. He says, There's just a few of you awake but you're going to cause the rest to awake as well. And this is where we're going. So the fact that he is cleaning out the mafia of the seven mountains, the fact that he is removing Babylon from the top tells me he has made the decision. It is time
1: now. Well, so, you know, and there's been, a, there's a headline or two. I didn't read the article, but where the people on the left, I don't know which organization, cause I didn't read it are beginning to freak out. Cause they're saying it looks like uh, I'm going to use my paraphrase. It looks like the Supreme Court and all the other judges are starting to do whatever uh, Trump wants them to do, and they are freaking out. And so that's why I'm saying, maybe we really, maybe the enemy really is on the run, and it's time to uh, to to wake up and and clean house because we're chasing him down. Like you know, after what was it? Was it Goliath? And after after they ran, didn't they chase him down after that?
3: Yeah, they let out. A, it's like there was an awakening that happened with them, and and. They let out a roar, and then they chased down the Philistines through five different cities. Formerly, Saul's cowards became David's mighty men when they realized, oh, we're not just waiting for bad stuff to happen here and Jesus to rescue us. No, David shows up and says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Then he takes him out with a little stone. They're like, what? We can do this now? This is what's going to be the reality of this day, and this is what is happening. There is an awakening taking place, many of you. Thank God this is going to hundreds of thousands yeah. that, are, that, are, that are listening. They are awakening and it's from all over the globe and I'm hearing from them. And so hundreds of thousands per week are, are waking up to the fact that, what? We don't just get pushed around and, and, and uh, clubbed to death and, and martyred? Yeah, there's, and forget about, uh, you know, I'm not even talking about the topic of martyrs. It doesn't matter if there are martyrs that continue to happen. Um, because again, what's what you get threatened with heaven? Is that, a, is that really something to be? Yeah, had? right. Kind of like, what greater cause could there be to if if that happens happens to you? But no, this is a time for us to awaken, like David's mighty men did, because we found out afterwards when it describes them I in mean, Chronicles, they are now thousands and thousands and thousands of incredible warriors and fighters, and it says, and they were like the army of God. Wow! And you find that there were now thousands who could have easily taken out Goliath by themselves. They were that powerful, that mighty. And what, cha- what changed? Right here. Yep. Stop believing the wrong paradigm. Stop going with the wrong narrative. Stop believing like, mm-hmm. no, that guy's obviously too big for us. The Antichrist too big for us. The Illuminati's too big for us. This, the deep state's too big for us. They're too big for us enough where we say the battle is the Lord's. Because David didn't say, I'm bigger than you, Goliath. That wasn't the point. Uh, he's like, I come to you in the name of the Lord.
1: <laughs> that's good.
3: The name you have defied. This is his. See, that's the that's the narrative. This is his world. Jesus Christ shed his blood for the whole world. And he said, all authority is mine in heaven and on earth. Go therefore in that authority, be kings and priests, and do not allow the enemy to exist. Again, this is not against people, but this is against enemy. Uh, tactics enemy being the demonic as well. But the Daniel scriptures say it's going to be chaff that the wind blows away and there will be no evidence. That's where we're going to. That's why Jesus is not returning until his sons and daughters have accomplished this. He gets no joy from having to do the rescue by himself. in the uh, last point on that, Steve, because I don't know sure. what's going on here, is that in the, 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 point we go through yeah i know we win the back of the book says we win you have to know we win with the saints the ruling is for the saints creation groans and travails romans 8 says for the saints
1: that's so good The
3: revealing of the sons and daughters of the king we are the ones that fulfill the narrative that has been laid out by daniel from the very beginning has not changed it's been correct all throughout every stage of it has been correct it's still correct and we have an invitation to be part of a victorious party right now.
1: So good. So good. So good. Johnny, good as usual. Be beyond uh, amazing. And I, I keep learning every single time I get together with you. Uh, Johnny, you feel like praying for the people as we close yes. out here? Yeah.
3: Lord, we just thank you for what you're mm. doing in our midst. And, and Lord, I do just sense your mm. uh, your hope for us. I just see a picture of you cheering cheering us at this time. You're cheering yeah. this message. You're cheering your sons and daughters that are awakening, that are uh, shaking off the lies of the enemy. Like the enemy wants us to be peasants and paupers, and you have called us to be kings and priests to our God. And this is a way, it's to our God. It's on behalf of his kingdom, your kingdom, Lord. I just thank you for what you're doing. I ask that this awakening would be released in a spiritual way even right now, Lord, that something through impartation would take place. Yes, There would be such hope that set on fire, the coals of hope that would be set on fire, and everyone who's listening right now, that it would be impossible for them to go back to uh, the the life of doom and gloom and of fear and anxiety and of foreboding. Uh, All that, Lord, would be um, so set aside by what you release in every heart, in every soul, even right now, Lord, the fire of who you are. Holy Spirit, come on your sons and daughters. Release new vision, new strength, new courage. Thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Johnny, so good. Anything else you want to remind people of, uh, website, anything?
3: We're, we're good. Um, good. You can go to whatever
1: you see on Restore7.org. Restore7.org. All right. God bless you, Johnny. So good. Give her love to Elizabeth and your family. And uh, tomorrow, remember, Robin Bullock will be with us. We don't get him that often, so do not miss it. Tell your friends tell your enemies if you want to. God bless you. <laughs> see you later then. Okay, bye-bye.
0: This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams Podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at eleven AM Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com/slash give to become a partner today.